Jesus. All right, here we go. Welcome back in to Conversation Thursdays, one-on-ones. I'm Michael, your chief mood officer. Welcome to Night Moves, everyone. It's been a little bit since I've been with you. Post-vacation back home, and I call North of Heaven because Mm -hmm. there's no earthquakes, there's no hurricanes, tsunamis. We just get ready for some fall here. Um, Got another exciting conversation uh, with a new friend of mine who's actually... We might talk about a good report. Her name is Kara. Now, I hope I'm saying her name right K- because there's many enunciations to this this name. Right. It's Kara. Yeah. It's Kara. Mm-hmm. We have a daughter, six kids. Her name is Kira. And we hear Kyra, Kiera. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's, it's K-Y-R-A. Um, you guys ready for the treat? We have a little bit of time with Miss Kara. Now, again... When I throw the name out there and I mess up, please forgive me. Do not throw any sand. No worries. Illinois. <laughs> Going to sit back and enjoy this time. Night Eagles want to welcome you into the, this episode. Sponsored by Jazzy J and Art Designs. And we're glad to have the graphic artist from Central Wisconsin, who happens to be our fifth child with her business. And she's okay. doing wonderful things. So you're in for a treat, everyone. Have your Bibles with you. Have some questions if you have, because we're actually stream living on StreamYard across many of our platforms. But you're listening to an awesome conversation centered around faith, struggles, and life. And with that, I want to welcome to Night Moods, Kara Adams. Hello there. Hi. Do I, Dr. Thomas, or do you prefer Michael or? You can call me Michael. Just don't call me Mikey. It is all well. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for having me, Michael. I'm just really excited to be here and talk with you and all your night eagles. Sweet. You know, they're excited. I know they're excited because I get emails from time to time. Who are you interviewing this week? (laughs) I guess they're waiting for like... Mr. Harrison or or someone from Hollywood that I'm going to interview. But no, see, we we have conversations with real extraordinary people here on Night Moves doing extraordinary things. So we'll probably never, ever, ever, ever do anything conversation (laughs) one-on-one with superstars from Hollywood unless God opens the door and says, let's have that conversation. Because in all actuality, you know, we, we love normal conversations. And we're getting into and getting under what we call the surface relationship. So just me and Miss Karen, I'm glad that you took it, um, took the invitation. And you guys know that I was in Florida enjoying my time until all the storms, flight delays coming back. And I have a friend I went to school with, and uh, I told Jill, my wife, hey, do you know that uh, Tony's down there in Cocoa Beach? And we were just... <laughs> 
at the pier where he was at the Key Lime restaurant, wherever it is down there. But um, beautiful place. We enjoyed it. I wish we could have got inside uh, Cape Canaveral, the Kennedy Space Center, but we got to take pictures outside the gate to see the massive rocket ships. And then we got to, they opened up Blue Origin, which is really kind of cool. Opened up Blue Origin. We're actually watching them move this spaceship, this rocket ship out mm -hmm. because they were going to fly Sunday. Right. And I believe the spaceship didn't make it. No, we uh, everything was scrubbed. Okay, yeah. it was scrubbed. Okay, I right. was thinking it like went up and like. <laughs> no. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm yeah. Glad to have you here. And I mean, um, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying that I was just going going to say I just live in such a special place. Uh, the Space Coast is what we're called. Um, I live in Indian Harbor Beach, which is just just a little bit south of Cocoa Beach, and. Right now, I mean, we have rockets go up at least once a week, and it's great. I just step outside, and I just see a fireball climb up in the sky, and then you get the Earth's little shake, you know, a little boom, boom. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's life here on the Space Coast. She so says really a little special. boom, boom. That's a little funny. boom, boom. It's called the sonic boom. But yeah. You, hear, you see it first, and then you hear it later. Now, you know. I haven't been down there because my mother used to work for this company called Sunstrand up here. And they used to work on the circuit board for the space shuttle. Mm -hmm. And so we used to come down to watch the Challenger. Challenger and um, Oh, wow. So we would come down. I remember I thought the earth was going to open up and <laughs> swallow us in. It is so loud. So when you said the little boom, boom, I'm like, no, that's not a little boom, boom. <laughs> Firecrackers are a boom yeah. boom this thing like it just reverberates across the atmosphere it's really kind of cool though you have to get down there and check it out it must be amazing to get out and watch that how fast do they leave love it. earth and get into heaven you know i don't know the exact velocity but i know it just takes a few minutes yeah, for it to be day. out of sight you know to be completely out of sight it just takes a few minutes are you able to take any type of pictures Oh yeah, I'm taking plenty, plenty of videos. I mean, from where I live, it just looks like a fireball. And then it starts to look like a shooting star. And it's it's just really, it's just really special place where we live that we are just so centered around this industry. Mm -hmm. What made you pick where you live? Is that, were you, were you, were you raised down there? Most of my life, I, my father uh, retired at the base here. Which, oh, the Air Force you know, Base. Yeah, which now the Space Force base, but yes, that's, so my father retired at that base, just connected with NASA, and now we have all these other companies, all these private companies, like you said, Blue Origin and SpaceX and all of those, so, yeah. Wow. It's really special. Now, so we are excited. Hopefully, we are going back to the moon this week. The Artemis has been scrubbed a few times, but. That's right. That's this week. This, that is this Tuesday. Hopefully, we are going back to the moon. <laughs> oh, I got to I gotta make sure I, I kind of clear my space. Do we know what time they're supposed to be launching? Is it like a 5 a.m. Uh, right it, it, I'm not sure the exact time. I know it's in the morning. Okay. It's in the morning. But I'm going to have to check I can look up it on up. NASA. Yeah. <laughs> I can look See, it up for goes, you real fast. That's really cool. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Oh, no problem. Now you have little ones. 
I have a little one. I have one. Yes. Oh, you have a little one. That's right. So he is a 2020 baby. No, she she is uh, five she? years old. Yeah, she oh, she's is five, five okay. years old. And well, okay. um, yes, so she is five years old. I'm sorry, I'm still trying to find the time for the launch. Looks. I don't know. Uh, I'll waste too much we'll time here. We'll Sorry, find it. but yeah, you can find it. <laughs> yeah, well, I will definitely yeah. find it. I'm very interested in that. I missed it. And I sat there Saturday morning. I'm like, oh no, oh no, nitrogen leak. That's not going to go yeah. up today. Oh, nope. that's not good. <laughs> How was life raising a five-year-old who was three-year-old and born on three during COVID? How was that? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, motherhood just changed my life completely, mm -hmm. uh, as it probably has for most people. But, I, I mean, I was just about 40 when I had my daughter. So I, I, I've had this whole career before I had her. I almost feel like I just went straight into grandparenthood somehow, <laughs> but um, just skipped parenthood. Uh, but I mean, this has been the most significant role of my life is this blessing of, of being a mother and having my daughter. And, um, and, sh and, you know, I, I don't know that it, it affected us too much when she was a toddler to be, she was two whenever COVID hit. And so we were already mostly at home for most of the time anyway so what she did a little bit of school but i mean it, it she wasn't like one of these kids that have just been ripped out of school and have to go home and mm -hmm. and do distance learning and miss mm -hmm. their prom and their football mm -hmm. games and all of that like that was really um traumatic for some of those kids at that time mm -hmm. but then um as i told you i was diagnosed with cancer right yeah. right at that time and so I, that was harder to have a toddler with cancer, like, uh, but thank God for all the people that poured into me and helped me and just got me through all of that because, you mm -hmm. know, mom wasn't able to be mom so much. I, I can only imagine, um, but God, but God, but, but God. God, he, he gave me, he gave me so much help and it was another life changing thing right alongside of motherhood. So yeah um but god so the people that he put into my life and the help that he delivered me is how i uh survived covid and cancer with a toddler <laughs> c squared you're mm -hmm. listening to one who's come through it and speaking of cancer the mind space that cancer takes so many um, folks, especially brothers and sisters that I know, that from what I know, one of my mentors um, succumbed to cancer, and, and mm -hmm. but he was in his Henry Apostle Henry would have been early nineties, mm -hmm. and um, he fought, and I watched the chemo when I would go and visit him, and there were just moments where nights and days where he's like he didn't want any visitors he was just exhausted mm -hmm. but the strength that i got to watch father pour into him mm -hmm. even when he was really exhausted and and what life does when life happens with chemo um from the outside looking at 
brothers and sisters are going through. It's like, oh, that, oh, no, no. It's like I only imagine, but what God does and how he does what he does. And just, it just for me, uh, I miss Henry, but just watching that experience and a different experience in, in that season of his life that I got to experience with them is just phenomenal to see. I say phenomenal because of the strength and character of of what he was going through. And I can only imagine for you in mm-hmm. preparation of, of where we where you come into the 40s. And it's just a fun life in the decades of the 40s. It really is. It's like, hello. Um, body's going through changes. I know my wife is like, <laughs> she wants to scream. She needs her timeouts. We have six, five adults, one 12-year-old who is homeschooling right now. Um, I can only imagine having that experience and that season and then all of the, the questions that go in or maybe not because when God has us, he has us. And I kind of think of it like when Jesus was just having his moment in the garden of Gethsemane, like, Lord, I don't really want to go through this, but if your will, let your will be done. And nonetheless, I do as you will. So I can only imagine what that's like for you. And for the night eagles who don't know, you mentioned it, kind of threw it out there. So I wanted to maybe ask a question around it. The the cancer scare and the cancer experience, what was that like for you? Honestly, um, I I can say, Michael, that, you know, I praised the Lord in the storm. And once I received that diagnosis, I knew that it was going to be okay. I knew that the Lord was with me. I knew this wasn't going to be the end, that we were going to fight this battle. And I I was more interested in what was going to be on the other side of it. Mm. I knew, yeah, I knew in my heart, like this, this was, I was going to survive. And, um, and I had to take my faith to the next level through the Holy Spirit's help, of course. Um, but you know, I was just, I, I, this was more about what was going to be uh, happening for me on the other side. The, there was a few dark days, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I mean, there was a moment where I, I, I literally was screaming Jesus's name mm. because of the pain, you know, because of the pain that I was, I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when I saw him, on the cross and i i saw what he, the pain that he's endured and i i knew that he was he was with me and uh i just praised him in this trial because really it has been the the outpour that god the, of, of putting god of god is putting people in my life dur- during mm-hmm. that whole experience has changed my life and um and i just want to do more and more for god because of it you know when I read that, I literally wanted to pick up the phone and call you and say, it is going to be okay. You got this. And I was like, I don't have a number. But um, I loved how you said praising him through the storm. That yes. that to me, I think there's a song. Um, who sings that song? Um, there's Promises by Maverick City Music. And uh, they they sing a lot about uh, praising, praising him through the storm. I want to say like know. crowded crowded somebody there's a group called crowded i will praise you i'm 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 hearing it in my in my head i used i used to listen to that song when we went through a season of homelessness so i love how you said and i will praise you through the storm and that's sometimes forgotten no matter what we go through or some like i I don't want to blanket everyone but 
it kind of gets difficult when you're dealing with scares and that extreme level of what's life going to be like because this is really on me and life is going to change for me going forward. And yes. here you are, the goal ahead of you. And you said, I'm praising him through the storm. That is beautiful. I'm thinking about that song. Crowded is somebody. I have to look at it. Mm -hmm. Kind of go over Air One or Caleb. Um, and so that happened. Now, did you did you feel symptoms with that leading into it? How was that for you? Yes, I did have. Um, I did have some things that I kept going to the doctor about. Mm -hmm. I had my symptoms. I had. Um, but I, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma and I had stage four. So it was, mm. it was in my bones. <clears throat> and so I had a lot of pain and things that were going on. And uh, so I had my symptoms, but once, once I got the diagnosis, or once I got started treatment, like chemo is a whole other batch of hammers. Like, I feel like you almost want to just go back to the cancer because the chemo just makes you feel, oh. So, wow. um, yeah, but once the chemo started doing its job, once it started, it's poison. I mean, you are poisoning yourself. And once it started doing its job and killing the cancer, the pain receded and receded and receded. So you could feel it doing what it needed to do. And then you're just dealing with this poison that you had to deal with. But, um, yeah, it, you went through it. My hair, I lost all my hair. It's growing back, but, um, you know, Yay. amen, because I'm in remission, I'm alive, I'm healthy, yeah. and what are you gonna do, you know? You guys are gonna, you're gonna hear something really kind of cool as we come through this conversation. Um, Kara, who, who is Kara Adams? For the Nine <laughs> Eagles who don't know you and me just getting to know you, who is Kara Adams? Where'd you come from? What do you like to do? And this mission that God has you on with mm -hmm. biblical worldview for children, I was like, where is that? All right. Well, I I am a wife and a daughter and a sister and friend. And then I guess for the for this podcast that we'll talk a lot about my role as a mother and an educator and someone who's involved in children's ministry. And I am just really passionate about giving children that biblical worldview. Um, so I, I've said that becoming a mother, it, it changed my life. And I was um, teaching in public schools. I mean, I was almost 40 when I had my daughter. So I was teaching in public schools most of my life, uh, most of my career. And most of that career was um, with children with special needs, especially okay. um, uh, um, behavioral disorders, emotional disorders. Mm. Yeah. And so then when I had my daughter, I really prayed for God to open doors um, and he did and he did. And so he made a way that I didn't have to work anymore and I could be home with my daughter. And I believe that that's God's role for women. And he wants the men are to provide and the women are they we get to do the child rearing um, for the most part. And um, I just believe that that's God's plan for us. And, and so I was so excited when he opened that door, my husband got a different job and I got to be home with her for a year. And then God opened another door and he sent me uh, a hybrid school. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I know you have some in Illinois, you have mm -hmm. some, 
Yep, we um, so a hybrid school, it's faith-based, a couple days a week at school, private school, and a couple days at home uh, with homeschool. So you're really just trying to get the best of both worlds there, but just deeply immersed in the word. It's centered around Christ, centered around family. So he, 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 he opened this door. The school found me um, just through people I knew in church and that kind of thing. And, uh, and I've been there ever since. But as soon as I started there, I was, I know this is the, the place that I want my daughter because this is awesome because I can, I can be a mother here. I can have my career here and I'm also working in ministry here. It's just this beautiful intertwined life of all those aspects, you know, centered around my faith. Um, and, uh, so, I, so I love, that's what I do now. I'm a mother and I'm very involved in my school as well as my church uh, ministry, but I also do things on my own. And this is, this is really stemmed from um, my cancer experience of how I said I wanted to see what was going on on the other side of it. I knew when I came out of cancer, I was going to be doing more for the Lord. I wasn't raised with the Lord and, um, and I was I went to public school and mm-hmm. I went to daycare. Mm-hmm. And um, so I saw the world, I didn't have a biblical worldview and I saw the world through the lens of culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know there's probably gonna be some people offended by, you know, when I talk about public school, but I, I was in it my whole life and I taught there and I've seen a lot of things and I know a lot of things that just aren't great, um, aren't biblical. And, um, you know, our school system was put in place 100 years ago by, it's attributed mostly to a guy named Horace Mann. And he was an educator and he adopted this model in Boston. He lived in the Boston area. So it started there. And he adopted this model called the Prussian model. Have you ever heard of it? No, I have not. Well, it after all these wars, back then the napoleonic wars and then i think it was world war one they really wanted to uh reform education to kind of build the children up towards military service so you have this system where kids are going through the ranks or going through grade levels it's very orderly um and it's all about nation building and um just service uh, for the the country and for the for the political movement more than anything. Um, and Horace Mann, when he brought it to the states, he was just very insistent that there to, there is no religion in this system. So we're going to have school. It's going to be like this. The kids go through these the succession of grades, and um, you know you we teach them everything that we want to teach for the general welfare and 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 goodness of the country really but Mm -hmm. also just no religion we don't want to have any he didn't want any um strife between protestants and catholics and the judaism and he just just zero religion so everybody's the same and so we're not going to have any of these biblical principles in school really because we just want to we're working for the towards the government here and uh you know i i I think that when you drop your kids off at school and you're they're with they're with these teachers all day, five days a week, they're spending most of their time, their childhood being raised by somebody else other than you. 
and they're learning their values from whatever system is in place or whatever the values of the teachers have been passed on. I mean, that's where most of their time and, and what they're learning is where it comes from. So if the kids are, uh, re, you know, they're learning whatever's in the curriculum, in the textbooks, mm -hmm. any like mm -hmm. worldview, it, it's, it's, it's where most of their time is, which is at school. Mm -hmm. And I had that worldview and I had, I looked through that, that lens of the worldview and it told me that what is most important in life is to work hard to do great in school and get it, go to college and get a good job. Self-reliance. I can do this. I can be whatever I want. Self-reliance, mm -hmm. uh, which God hates. <laughs> God doesn't want us to be that way. The entire Beatitudes is all about, you know, learning to be a Christian. And it starts with blessed are the meek. It starts with humility. It starts with knowing that you need God and you cannot do anything apart from God. So, yes, I mean, education is great. God wants us to use wisdom. God wants us to use all the gifts and be good stewards of everything that he blesses us with. But this, this drive that we just have we just have to earn and achieve and merit 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 on our own merit and then kids just get out of school and we don't need god because i did this all on my own i don't need god and that's the kind of place that i was in i just relied on this system and i didn't really know god i wasn't being taught anything if if i don't know if it might have been different for me if my parents had been had been believers growing up but they mm -hmm. would have had to really slam on the armor of God before I went to school. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, you really have to slam on that armor of God and to, for them to walk in the school and dodge those bullets that are being thrown at them. And that's just the curriculum. And that's just what's being taught or not taught. That's not even what the social aspect of school does, you know, what they're yeah. learning from other kids. I'm, I'm just talking about what's in place from our government that's trying to do things good for us, but uh, what's that's not good if it's not giving God glory. Um, so that's where I, that's, that's, that's where I'm starting here. That's where I've grown up and, and now it is my passion to, uh, I don't know if I can change education, but I can try to give this message to other parents, at least to, um, really take responsibility for giving our children a biblical education. I mean, this is what's most important. They, whatever career that path they choose, it, it may mean nothing. We know that the Lord took a shepherd boy and made him into King David. We know that the Lord met Saul on Damascus and he became the apostle Paul. We know that the, all of the, all of the disciples, uh, we're doing other things They we're fishing and they were tax collecting. Yep. We know that the Lord has plans for us. So uh, we don't have to strive so hard in our self-reliance to do something else. If we just concentrate on what is so important. I mean, in Deuteronomy six explains what is so important. And he's, and it says to talk about God all day, put it on your doors, put it on your hands, put it on your head, talk about it before you go to bed, talk about him before you go to sleep, the word of God, this is what we should be inundating in our in our kids all the time. So you homeschool your daughter, you're saying. So yes, you must have do. you must have some agreement with what I'm saying. 
I always, you know, when we went to public school, mm-hmm. because I, I, I do life coaching and, and through our life coaching, it's a, it's a ministry outreach. Mm-hmm. And so our, our alma mater, our high school alma mater, my wife and I, when we walked in there, pre-COVID 2018, we were doing this program that we created called The Den. So when, when you're talking about uh, the layers of school, I call it the seven layers of school, mm-hmm. you haven't even got to behavior patterns, Mm-mm. culture <laughs> that permeates like you're breathing chemistry air Mm -hmm. and so when we walked in it was in our our school it was much different back then and i was mind blown to what is going on in schools and here um the the shoving down the throats of this crazy curriculum and then everything that goes into this curriculum which now is culture and subculture and all this poison yeah, mm-hmm. we when God said for us, homeschool, I looked at, well, I didn't look at Jill. I actually drove home like, yeah, I said, God, this is not going to go well with her because the five went through, they're <laughs> successful, and now we're watching four of the five go through the fire because we didn't have the installation of the kingdom. We didn't have the installation of faith. We didn't have that. The foundation wasn't laid upon them because we are coming from a blended family. But for this one, I'm like, Father, that's, that's, this is going to go over well. And so <laughs> we began the homeschooling with, with Kira. And there was some pushback. It was funny. She went into public school, the after school that uh, Jill went to. And it took Jill to go in and see exactly what you're talking about. And she's like, and this is going on in the schools. I'm like, I told you God said public school and yanked her right out. I'm like, but it gave her that first year of, no, we're, we don't, we, we want to make sure that we not only control our child, but we educate our child to the, to what we need for her that will develop her as she's growing up. And now she's teaching her brothers and sisters. They're like, well, why did you homeschool? It's like, because we, we have what we had. And uh, there was a little fight going on. So mm. you wanted to do your way, your way, your way. Now your way is paying out in dividends, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they had homeschooling for us. Um, you know, we, we, we did the hybrid approach and now we have our own school. And so we just moderate it and we let mm-hmm. folks know this is the curriculum you can add to it. And there's nothing for us. You couldn't, you couldn't change our mind with $6 billion. You couldn't give us a, enough that we would have never to do anything with our life ever again. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade. Right. So we, we do it. We do it. Exactly. And it's a blessing. But it's it not push for us to do it. We do it because this is something for us that's now become a passion. And we do not want the pouring in of all that other junk into her her emotions into her right. soul more specifically yes. so you know we she's a little baby prophet we call her uh <laughs> and she's walking that out which is really kind of cool very interesting so when we were in Cocoa beach 
uh, hate the side note, but sorry guys, this is what we do, this is a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in Cocoa Beach and we were, uh, it was the night of the storm, which would have been Friday night. We had uh, a family blow up with one of my younger siblings who thought he wanted to, to, to uh, get a little, I guess, a little testosterone. <laughs> so I had a dad check him because, you know, when you're 50 and you got a younger sibling who's 15 years younger than you, who just doesn't get it. Uh, so I had to go in big brother mode and then I um, put my ministry hat on and then father had to like deal with me because I'm like, you know, I'm offended. But we went out, left, went to the beach and we're sitting at the beach and it's, it's really funny. Um, in the spirit, because uh, I was doing a podcast on the beach. It was really kind of cool. The waves were coming in. We had storms out there. It was lightning up and down the coast there. We just left Tampa. So we trekked across Florida by seeing poles and hit every coast of Orlando. It was crazy. <laughs> but Kira, you know, she's, uh, we had a couple passes by on the beach. It was night, about 9.30 at night. And she just began praying in the spirit. And I said, you see that? And she's like, yeah, I see that. And I got back on my podcast and what the girls told me was she saw something in the spirit up over the waters and she looked at mom to mom, we can pray this away. And so Jill got excited because Kira took the initiative because she's been watching mom and dad in meetings and she's praying and she says, it left dad. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, what did you expect? You're in the yeah. Lord. <laughs> so it was really kind of cool what that happens, but that's what we're instilling in. Um, people get mad, you know, we have those conversations. Well, she's not getting this, this, that she's not getting these life skills. I'm like, no, she's actually getting more life skills than you could ever imagine because she's traveling. And so she's learning in life. And she's just 12, you know? Yes. That's just, it's just more important things than the system that's in place. You know, it's the biblical foundation that really matters. Yeah paramount for me paramount you know paramount. being a minister it is a, it is it's the end you know yeah it's paramount that's a great word it is and and so when you are now stepping into this plan that god has said change of course mm-hmm. how's that transition work for you i'm loving it i mean you it's it's it's, it's so exciting when you're on I call it an adventure with God. You know, you're mm-hmm. just on an adventure with the Lord and you're like, what next? What are we doing now? What mm-hmm. should I do this? Everything mm-hmm. is, I, I've, I'm just asking him for guidance in every little thing. But um, when, I immediately knew that he was um, a- asking me to get, get, create a culture for my daughter. So I... Mm-hmm started a mother-daughter Bible study with just girls so that the girls are have each other that we're just going to go through life with this group of girls and their mothers and I was not just going to um, study the word although we love the I mean we get we get a lot of that at school and church we get the Bible stories at, at, at school and church but I really wanted to impart truth on them and so much truth that they could deflect the 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 falsities that are being thrown at them. I'll give you an example, like uh, their children. So one thing that a lot of children love is dinosaurs. And every book you open up about dinosaurs um, claims that the earth is millions of years old and that we have all these periods, you know, of, of millions and millions of years. So 
they believe that, you know, and they think that and it confuses them. So we have to just keep going back to the story of creation and how God created animals on the fifth and sixth day. So dinosaurs, fifth and sixth day. Um, I have a, an ark with all the animals and I put two little dinosaurs on there because I think that uh, there was dinosaur kinds because uh, the Bible says, you know, there was two of, uh, of every kind and seven of some other, the clean animals and that kind of thing. There weren't every single species, but every kind is what it says. The bear kind, the horse kind, the deer kind. Um, so I, you look at the kimono dragon, the monitor lizard, you know, these could have easily been something that came from the dinosaur kind. And what happened to the dinosaurs? I don't think it was a big meteor. I don't think it was any of these things that scientists just throw at us in the books and in the textbooks, you know, right there along with the evolution, evolutionary theories and the Big Bang and all the things that we learn at school from when I was a kid. Um, but that dinosaurs were alive with man. It references in the Bible, references in the book of Job and a couple other places uh, and that they were on the ark, the kinds of dinosaurs were on the, ark, on the ark and the rest of them that were extinct. Well, this was part of the flood. So we teach the kids that the fall changed everything, the flood changed everything. And we just keep going back to a lot of things, um, it, a lot of questions that people have, a lot of doubt that kids have. It comes from things that can be answered by the fall and the flood. So um, I, I just love teaching the kids. I love having this group where I teach them the truth about about a lot of things that are being thrown at them in culture today, not just the stories from the Bible, because they're awesome, but they're getting that already at school and they're getting that already at church. But I'm, I'm, I'm here for truth, <laughs> here for culture engagement. Now a little pushback. I got to give a little pushback because I know yeah. you run into pushback. How sure. do you handle pushback? If pushback comes from parents saying, you ought not to be saying that, or, or this is blah, blah, blah. How, how do you handle that? Because now we're going to get into what you do. Because what she does is really kind of cool. You check this out. But how do you handle the pushback? I, I just keep on referring to the word of God. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus did when it came to pushback. Every time people pushed back to him, he said, have you not read? It is written. So I am just armed with those scriptures in which that I can if I have to, and I don't really have to, because I, because I, people are coming because they want the truth. I think the spirit is moving on them and they want the truth. I started in public school working for um, a, a, an organization called Dove Bible Club. And we would meet and do Bible study after school. And we'd have to do it outside. They wouldn't mm -hmm. let us, <laughs> they wouldn't let us do inside in case you know, we, we, they heard, overheard it somewhere and we have to be sensitive to people who don't believe in God. So we had to go outside in Florida heat and we did after school Bible study, but Dove Bible club is all over my entire uh, County. Um, it's just an amazing organization because it's really bringing the gospel to these unchurched kids or kids that are churched, but they're just, they're in public school and they just need this extra um, time in the word. Anyway, so I started there. And um, now, like I said, I have my own Bible study that I do with uh, boys and girls, uh, sorry, uh, girls and their girls. moms. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and when 
And when I was going through treatment, I was thinking about all of the questions that kids have given me over the years and a lot of things. And I felt like the Lord was telling me that to start uh, writing, start writing a book. And I always wanted to be a children's author. So I wrote and published my first book and about, uh, this actually I have right here. It's called, if God was a kid in your class. <laughs> oh, there it is. She has it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so this was based on the questions that the children asked me and I'm trying to give them the truth about. So I, so I don't really feel like I experience a lot of pushback, but when I do, I just say, have you not read? It is written. <laughs> That's the redirect. I love the redirect. Yeah. Biblical worldview. What is biblical worldview for children? I thought this was fascinating when I was reading this, like, oh, this, mm -hmm. we got to get around. What is biblical worldview for children? Well, like I was saying to you just now, the dinosaurs, believe it or not, that's a big thing for kids is to know that the earth is not millions of years old. It's about 6,000 years old. I mean, that is our biblical worldview to know how long have we been here? About 6,000 years, um, not millions of years. God just spoke it into existence and he did. He, he made us out of, out of dirt and, uh, we're a little bit special. We need God. We're a little more frail than the sun and the stars and the moon. We need God a little more. He spoke, he breathed his life into us, but we're, we're a little, we are um, dependent on the Lord. Um, over the summer, my daughter went to slime camp, like a science slime camp okay, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. She came home and, um, and said, I, I have a friend at camp who has two moms no dad and so she had a lot of questions about that you know we mm -hmm. never had to have this conversation before but now we we had to have we started to have this conversation about god has a plan for us um we are you know we are physically made to be man and wife together this is part of the family union unit and um it's not god's will for two women to get married so you know, I had to explain that to her. And it wasn't too much long after that, that we saw a woman um, proposing to another woman somewhere. And so that was kind of confusing too. But we just have to know, okay, people do this, but this isn't God's will for my life. This isn't God's will for all of our lives. We're not going to hate these people, but we have to look at this and know this is not God's plan. It's not acceptable in God's will. Um, let's see what other, some of the other big topics for children with worldview today. Um, um, gender, <laughs> gender, um, there's massive. another massive issue right now going on yeah. with the gender reassignments and the understanding that you can choose your gender and that kind of thing. Um, so and then that we haven't had to see too much of it. I think maybe we saw a picture of a little boy in a dress at one point, but um, we haven't had to see too much of that in our circle. But I have this discussion with children you know, that we are just blessed to be who we are and that God has made us, I show them the scriptures, you know, God has made us to be male and female and we are blessed to be who we are. And if, if for some ever one day we would have 
a question or a doubt or that we feel like we weren't supposed to be a girl or something like that, that we could learn how to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance and all of that and not mm -hmm. turn to the world, but to turn to the Lord mm -hmm. for that guidance and for that acceptance. Um, so biblical worldview, and I'm just, I'm just talking, you know, you know what I mean by biblical worldview is that a biblical foundation, yeah. but I'm talking yeah. to you about the topics that I'm, that we're dealing with in my, in my lessons with the kids, you know. And do you cultivate these, Tommy? Obviously, they're for our babies. So when you're bringing forth these conversations, you know, softening the approach, um, not so much shock value, because some of this nonsense and or subcultures to what is now normal in society um, can trigger, uh, give an opportunity for the adversary who's just, you know, waiting for opportunity. He's waiting for opportunities mm -hmm. where sometimes I, when I find out in the, in the circles I, I share and teach in, there's the opportunity and then there's the opportunist and then there's this happy, well, I didn't see, I didn't understand um, because you weren't in your armor so dealing with children, I you know it, it's a complicated conversation because you have different family dynamics, even in the family of faith. And so you can have these hypercharged conversations um, because there are just some parents who are are shield, 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 shield. There are some parents that will allow a stepping in, one foot in, one foot out. Um, so you have all these different dynamics. So how do you, with what your ministry, your mission is, how do you cultivate, um, is it maybe cooperation, but how do you cultivate the conversation with the babies um, around the worldview with all the external poisons, the external reasons from these cultures? How do you do, how do you navigate? How do you navigate? Well, first of all, it's, it's something that I'm prayerful about. It's something that I'm prayerful about, about give me the Lord, give me the words and the wisdom. If this is this your will, do I do this? Um, and I feel like most of the parents that I am encountered with, we're all very like-minded okay. and anything that I discuss with um, the children as well, the ones with the mothers, they, their mothers are there. And, the, and then at school, the same thing. There's, I'm, I'm very involved with and know a lot of their mothers and fathers, but um, I I know how to, I think I'm pretty gifted in putting it on their level, you know, to talk okay. about things without yes. exposing and, and, and making it too nasty and that kind of thing. I just, I yeah. can talk on their level. And that I just, is part of my experience as being a teacher, especially a teacher of kids of special needs over all the years where I'm used to accommodating and I'm used to accommodating and helping kids compensate and helping kids understand on their level what, what I'm trying to convey and what the truth is about something. So it is just as simple as that as God has created us to be a boy or a girl and that's it. And we are blessed to be that. Or And God's family unit is supposed to be man and wife and children. Um, you know, in, in in the ancient Hebrew culture, the the part of the part of the marriage ceremony would be the consummation of the marriage, and not and it wasn't like of course broadcasted, but the children would be on the other side of the tent for the consummation, mm -hmm. and the priest would show the uh, 
proof, you know, mm-hmm. come out and show the proof to everybody there. And the mm-hmm. children would know that this is a blood covenant between my mom and or between a man and a wife and that mm-hmm. my own parents have a blood covenant over me and their my blood is made out of them. This is a covenant of God. And it's just these kinds of things that I can't really we can't really do that with the with the girls right now, but that's the kind of thing that's missing from our culture to show just how important the family unit is and the marriage and marriage is. Um, oh, what was I going to say? I just lost my thought, but did you hate that? <laughs> yes, all the time, all the time. But you know what? I always step back and then go, go to a whole different direction because mm-hmm. maybe the Holy Spirit needs something to be shared in that moment. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. Do not worry about it. It happens to me all the time. And so I'll have these peekaboo moments like, oh, it just left. Oh, let's go over here because it's okay. better on this side. So no, yep. it's okay. Um, You're right. That's good advice. That's good advice. And I, I, that's what I do. It, and it works for me. And um, especially when I'm on stage and you just, it's, I call it the peekaboo moments. Redirect and let's go over here because it's the Holy Spirit that someone needs to hear something. So my question is why you're, why you're, taking that moment for yourself here. My question is this, mom comes to you and and says, I need help. And mom, you know, mom shares a little bit. And how do you engage the help without stepping over mom? Do you ever have that? Helping children without stepping over boundaries of between their mom. I know for me, Ah. sometimes when people come to me, I'm like, oh, let me back up because you're the mom and dad, but let me, how do you engage that? And how do you practice that when, mom says, or if if maybe it hasn't happened, I don't know. I don't know that it has happened, but I would, I would immediately go into prayer uh, with the mom, with the daughter or child and, and just ask the Holy spirit to guide us in this moment and Mm -hmm. uh, give me the wisdom that you want that I can help them. If, if it's me, that's going to help them. And if not, then let's find the, the person that, that can help and guide us to the person that, that can help. But um, if, if I'm trying to, if I'm understanding your question, you're saying that is if the mom is asking me to do, to asking me to give some, some spiritual guidance to a, a student or yeah, a child? without, without stepping on the, the, the parent relationship. I know for me, it can be dicey at times. I've, I've saw, I've seen others witness this in settings where, you know, they jump in and then you have the parents like wanting to, to mm. not come in and save, but, you know, do what parents do, you know, kind of buffer a little bit because at the end of the day, they're going home to unpack all that you have thrown on the children. I see a lot of the youth conferences I attend is like, um, so the, the, the boundaries, if there, do you, do you have boundaries of how you apply your mission and the ministry? Maybe that would have been a better question. Mm-hmm. I, again, I would just say that, that I'm always in prayer about what I'm teaching and that it, it's, I have the word, I'm always using the, the scriptures to enforce what I'm saying. So I don't think, I don't think anyone can really argue with the scriptures. Um, <laughs> they, they, they enjoy arguing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, yeah. Um, 
but I, I mean, my boundaries, I, I guess, you know, it's, there is, there is some fine line. There's some gray area there into which I'm just going to have to let the parents be the parents and I will take a back seat and you take a, a forward seat. And I might even prompt you. What do okay. you think on this matter? Do you think, yeah. what do you think of this scripture? I might prompt you in this way. What do you think this scripture means? And um, and how that applies here. So I would just step back and try to just impart whatever I feel to the parents and let them take it to the Holy Spirit. What's the name of the book again? Uh, if God was a kid in your class. And <laughs> when did you write this book? I wrote this book in, in 2021. Um, oh, and that's, that's okay. when it was published. How long did it take you to write the book? Uh, you know, uh, just a few weeks. Honestly, it's a children's book. So it's yeah, not yeah. like there's a lot of um, you yeah. know, text involved. But the, the illustration part of it and the publishing part of it, that takes the, the longest. But yeah, I had a lot of time sitting in my chemo chairs. And I, would, I knew that I was going to you know, write a book and I was going to be more involved with children's ministry. I really wanted to impart a biblical worldview on children and their families and um, just help them navigate this culture that's going on and then try to try to be able to engage it as much as possible. And not, you know, <clears throat> we, we can't just shelter, shelter, shelter. I mean, I right. Oh. Right. It, it, it would be great. But I think when parents are doing that, they're they're adding more harm. So, I, you know, I, mm -hmm. you know, Night Eagles, I get the conversations. Well, your child doesn't have culture and they're not experiencing life. No, actually, we allow her to go and explore. But just like you put a tether on an animal's neck and you put him on a leash, you let him explore and mm -hmm. uh, so that he has enough leeway so we give her leeway but you know yes it's what it is um mentors How mentors yes you mentors. know my my first mentor really comes from the bible <clears throat> lois and eunice who was timothy's grandmother and mother and the scriptures in uh First Timothy 2.15, I believe it says, you know, you learn the faith first. We saw it first in your grandmother and then your mother and now you. And so this, it, it spoke to me. That's the only time that their names are mentioned, but their names are mentioned. These two women, their faith are so strong and they'd send it down generationally. Mm -hmm. And then there's Timothy. It's Timothy. It's, it's, it's Paul's successor. Um, that spoke volumes to me that these two women, I'm sure that they weren't weren't rich and famous but they spent their time being dedicated to their children and that bib or at least timothy and that biblical foundation installing so, what moms install i love that yes and so and my and i and and my reach i, I don't ex, I, I don't expect the lord to give me any kind of of large reach until i'm a good steward of the circle that's in front of me right Mm -hmm. So my mentors are people that I've, that I know locally. Um, there is Loretta Dozer who ran the Dove Bible Club. Like I said, she started with one school and now it's the entire county. It's like 80 schools or something where we have a Bible, a Bible club that meets 
in public school, which is, that is just amazing. That is just amazing. miraculous. It is. It really and she's is. got, it really is. she's got all kinds of media. So, I mean, what the spirit has done with her, but the Lord has moved in those children because of her. That's a mentor to me. You might not know her. She's just someone that lives in my county. Then um, there is uh, another girl named Jenny Zentz, and she also has a podcast um, that interviews all kinds of people with their uh, Christian backgrounds and their testimonies and, you know, whether they're just regular old people like me, but some of them are even uh, musicians and artists and other authors and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So she actually started the, the first mother-daughter Bible study and um and i've kind and that's the first generation i say mine's the third generation so i've kind of modeled it after her because she's cultivated this community and these girls have been with each other for years and they go to uh, do service projects together they go to concerts okay. together you know they have this community of of of, of women in faith they started as children um and let's see my mom my mom was a great mentor for me because um, my parents got saved, um, in adulthood later in life. And okay. I was in college, I was in college at the time and they brought me, um, to the faith at that time. So anybody out there who, you know, is, has adult children that they're praying for because they're unsaved. I, I mean, it happens. It works. Just keep praying. Um, so my mom is, is they, they, she was really an instrument, uh, bringing me to the Lord and she suffers. She is so uh, terminally ill and has been for 20 years. And so um, she just suffers and suffers and suffers, but her faith is so strong and she can't do anything really, but she prays and she reads the word and she worships God. And that's what she does with her time. So that is an example to me and, and, and a mentor in a way. And we do Bible study online, like together every single day, hold each Beautiful. other accountable. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. What, what, who and what motivates you? Now, I think I know some of this answer, but who and what motivates you? Who and what motivate me? Um, maybe, maybe you just pick one. If it's a who, then who? If it's what, maybe it might be your daughter. I don't know. I, I mean, that's a tough question, but I, to, oh. if I had to pick one, but I, I really believe that the Lord motivates me and yeah. he's, and my daughter, and my daughter does motivate me because the Lord is, is using motherhood and my career to glorify himself. Mm. <laughs> so, and that's another thing that I always want to reiterate to children all the time. It's like, why are we here? What is our purpose? We're here to glorify mm -hmm. God. I mean, that's what we're, we're here for. And I want, to, most people can't answer that. They can't. Right. That's a that's a true statement. Um, I got a pop up question because you just said okay. it. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna run with it. What's motherhood to you? And I'm asking this question because of single moms listening to the show. What does motherhood mean to you that you can drop a seed for someone who says, "Man, I want to be a mom, but I just don't know. I want to be a mom, but fill in the blank like Mad Libs." What does motherhood mean to you? Motherhood is where I'm responsible for bringing this person to know the love of Jesus. I'm just responsible for bringing this, I wanna teach her everything about Jesus. And that is my goal is to, is to, is that she would know and love God 
And I would, I am just fulfilled completely in teaching her about the Lord and all that he's done. And she's an amazing kid. I mean, she is absolutely amazing. And she's five years old and she loves Jesus and just loves others. And I'm just so blessed and grateful. But I have been pouring into her since before she was born, uh, you know, scriptures and, and, and the Bible stories and the word of God. And so motherhood is bringing my daughter to meet Jesus, to know Jesus. Laying the pathway, many perspectives. That's what I love about what we do here at Night Moods. Um, you know, Kara, thank you. I could like go on for a little while with you because it's a fascinating conversation. And I say this almost every other show, but as you grow, I want to have you back on. You have a seat. Anytime mm -hmm. you want to come back on to Thanks. in the lab, um, because I think it's fascinating. And this is something that is always growing. It's, it's organic and life mm -hmm. is going to always continue. So it's kind of interesting to see what the generation's coming and what your little one, five-year-old, is going to be stepping into as she gets into middle school mm -hmm. coming up or the middle school circle of life and those influences that are on the horizon. So you, you're welcome to come back into Night Moods. You have a seat here. It's kind of cool. I would love cool. to. Thank you. And if you have any, like, just one bullet advice, you know, as as some a mother trying to just get out in front of it before middle school <laughs> you know do you have if you had just hey the one thing i could tell you oh watching my wife do this for now are we called kira our she's our only child because <laughs> there's such a, an age gap right she's 12 jasmine is 26 and then it's 26 27 28 and then 31. so wow. one advice is be open and and i gotta add to that advice one advice plus one wisdom here's wisdom i hardly do advice we have put our buffers so hard and so far up because we're buffering her because mm -hmm. of what god has said for us to do just like right. you know you know we have a covenant we have revelation but we have the word of god surrounding kira's life so we have put the buffers and now we're allowing her to get over the buffers but the buffers come up so that she can go bump around and be like a little romper room and then as she goes out into the mission and when especially first when we're traveling it's like we come back and we decompress you know when she goes from her siblings we come back and decompress because it's real world and michael's adult kids are out there right and so we come back but we 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 for us as being ministers as being owners and business owners and raising another person who says well look at my brothers and sisters they're doing this i'm like what god said so we redirect the god said but we redirect and influence what god says in her life and we let her know and then it's funny because then we'll do this and then what god does what, what abba does is really kind of cool he will bless the situation and we'll immediately say, well, do you remember what we, so we're not really the bad people. God just blessed you because of your obedience and what God said. So we, we've, we've created the buffers because it's, it's just weird when we travel anywhere uh, in America, we're traveling. And now I look at it and says, well, it's not brainwashing, is it? She goes, no, it's, you know, that's just not right. Or, or this situation is not right. Or she'll have a question with mom. But it's just the buffering. 
it's a being able to bounce around. If they bounce outside the house, I watched Jill um, become mama bear, um, especially with playing in the playground, even when COVID was around on uh, the plague. But for, for me, just a little bit of wisdom buffering because mm -hmm. it's so weird. It is, it is dynamically weird in all these cultures when you leave your house. And again, night eagles, I love the mail, but we just, we walk and talk through everything. Well, it's not, it's not right that you do this. It's not right that um, you shield your child. Said, no, we see some of us, we carry what father says to heart. And for the household who carry father's words to heart, you do what father says and everything else, pound sand. That's what I say, just, hey, throw some sand around because in our house, we're going to do what he says to do. We're going to believe upon the Lord in our house. And so we create a buffer, our, our atmosphere, our territory. We cultivate our atmosphere. We, we like percolate our territory. We, we, people know when they come to the house. Um, and it's kind of funny because they come to the house like, your house is so peaceful. Like, because this is what we mm -hmm. practice. We practice peace. We don't practice yelling. We don't practice arguing. We practice harmony, peace, and healthy dynamics. So I say the buffer, the buffer, you can make the buffer, whatever you need to make the buffer. It appears you're doing well building the buffer. And that's, see, the dynamics between your spirituality. That's that's what Father's giving you to do. And so you just build upon it. You build the foundation and you build the pillars and you do what God has you do. And you'll be okay because we're in this dynamic season where we're preparing for Messiah's return. Mm, and so- Amen. It's getting hot out there. It is so getting hot. So we come back to our little chateau. We're like, oh, peace and quiet. You know, when we fly, it's like, oh, peace and quiet. So it's really kind of cool. So that's the only thing I would I would share with you. Uh, and wisdom. Thank you. Thank it's, you. It's, it's the buffer, the spiritual buffer. You can't go wrong with the spiritual buffer. Um, Night Eagles, if you would like to get Kara's book, Kara, tell us how you can get your book. Uh, the easiest way is on Amazon. I do Amazon. have a website. Yep. I do have What's a website. website? Yep. Bring it forth. Kara, bring it forth. Kara-Adams.org. And so my website has, you know, all of the, the, my social, it has all the places you can buy the book and it has my blog and, you know, just holler at me if you want. <laughs> now, but, um, we have Kara's website in this episode. So I want to challenge you over the next three days. Mm-hmm. Three day challenge. How many of you will go to the website and just don't say, yeah, I'll look at it, but I want to challenge you because there are some nuggets there. We haven't even talked about the book. Now it's a kid's book. And how many books out there they're pulling off the shelves? And um, I want to have you back on because I know there's a couple more books in the pipeline. And yes. uh, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, but I want to challenge you guys listening. Um, go to Amazon and her website. We got it for you. I want you to take the challenge. Grab the book, support the work that Kara's doing if you choose to, but take the challenge. Night Eagles, you're really good at challenges. So take the challenge, utilize it. I'm going to be making sure you're taking the challenge. Um, <laughs> any last words for moms and their daughters that you would like to share before we wrap this, this one up? My, my life first is just to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And just to look at Lois and Eunice and what they've done for Timothy. So I would just reiterate on that. 
Thank you, you so guys, much for is, having me. You are so welcome. Um, this has been a treat. You know, different perspectives. What Night Moves all about is conversations. And I do well with conversations. I don't do well with the Q&A. It's like this interview process because life is about talking. It's about relating. And so different aspects, different backgrounds and perspectives. And I'm learning a lot about all our female eagles because <laughs> Kara doesn't know. She's an eagle, eagle soar. So you guys are getting something special on this show well thank you for being with me on this episode and again i mean this because you're the first person hearing this you have a seat whenever you want to schedule in we'd love to have you back talk to you more especially about the biblical view especially about the couple books you got coming up i'm looking forward to that but um you have a seat here inside night moods thank you so much michael that's awesome and and you just blessed me with the invitation so thank you so much you are so welcome. I got to cut it because we're coming up against time and time is always money and money's always time. <laughs> um, Jan's over here yelling at me. Hey, here we go. Um, welcome into Night Moods. It's been fun, you guys. Closing down the show. Remember, subscribe to this show. Share. Let us know what you think about tonight's conversation. You're going to be listening tonight. That's why I said tonight. But let's know how this conversation impacted you. If you have a question for Kara, Miss Adams, send a message and we will forward it over to her. Keep your questions and your concerns. If you want help, please spam hate mail. We know how to deal with that. We just <laughs> hit delete. Thank you for being with us, everyone. It's been fun. I got to run. Homeschool begins in an hour. Transition over. Thank you for joining us on Night Moods. On the next episode coming to you next Thursday, our conversation Thursday, don't forget all the family of Night Moods on our Apple Premium channel. And 126, the Genesis is coming, the launching of the radio station. I'm going to talk about that too, Miss Kara. I think that might be kind of for a program for okay. children on Saturdays. Okay. Nice. Hey, um, I'm done. I can't do it no more. Time is up. I got to run. I got more questions. I got more conversations. Kara, I want to say thank you for being here. God is blessing you. You are coming out of the storm. I love the fact that you said I'm praising him through the storm. I'm taking it. I'm running with it. I'll give you some credit. <laughs> All right. Guys, have a good night. Be a blessing to others. And remember, love yourself as you love yourself. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Night Moods. Conversation with Kara Adams. Subscribe, everybody. Have a good night. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. You Have a great so rest welcome. of your day. <clears throat> I sure will. Thank you. We'll talk to you.